0: I am very pleased to be able to introduce uh, Wally Franklin, Dr Wally Franklin from the Marine Ecology Research Centre at Southern Cross University. Now earlier on in the show we, were, uh, we heard the, uh, the community newsroom, uh, Mir Armitage, uh, talking about the mass stranding of whales in Tasmania, you've probably been living under a rock if you hadn't heard anything about that at all this week, it's been a huge story.
1: In Tasmania, a massive rescue mission is underway to save up to 270 whales stranded on a sandbar off the island's west coast. Locals believe the animals stuck on a slightly submerged sandbar inside Macquarie heads are pilot whales. Marine conservation experts, Tasmania police and staff from the Department of Primary Industry, Parks, Water and Environment are all involved in the mission which could take days. Parks and Wildlife Services Northwest Regional Manager Nick Decker says there is a main pod stranded on one sandbar about 100 metres out to sea and another pod on another sandbar several hundred metres further back. At least 25 whales have died so far. Mr Decker says whale strandings of this scale aren't uncommon in the area but there hasn't been one there for at least 10 years and experts still don't know why whale strandings happen.
0: Uh but that story was uh, was actually feel uh, posted uh a few days ago so there's there's quite a bit happened in the last few days and hopefully uh Dr Wally Franklin uh, is going to be able to help us uh, make sense of that Wally are you there
2: Yeah good afternoon
0: Sean No yes thanks for joining us on environmental is anything well, uh, so, Wally, you've uh, no doubt been paying close attention to this. Uh, you know, your research focus is the population dynamics and migratory interchange of humpback whales. Uh, what, what do you think about what's been going on in uh, southwest Tasmania?
2: Oh, look, it, it's, um, it's an absolutely devastating and tragic event uh, for the uh, group of long-finned long pilot whales that's involved. Uh, as the reports have said, this is the largest uh, strand, mass stranding to have ever occurred on the west coast of Tasmania. But there, there have been uh, strandings, not, not probably not on a regular basis, but certainly with some regularity over the years on that western coast of Tasmania. Um, it's not very clear as to why those strandings occur on that coast. In the case of this group of long, uh, thin pilot whales, there's, there's possibly two explanations of why they have stranded. Um, the first explanation could be that uh, one or more members of the group were in difficulty and um, and suffering from... Uh, ..could be uh, any range of, uh, of, of health issues. If that's the case, um, whales... Being air-breathing mammals uh, and having to remain conscious at all times, yeah. if they feel they're in danger of losing consciousness, of course they face an incredible fear that of drowning. Wow. And um, it's known that they will often move to shallow waters in order to deal with whatever is happening within their body. Now, in in such a uh, an intense socially cohesive group as these long finned pilot whales if if that were to occur if one of the members of the group particularly if it was an older respected member were to head for the shore the group literally will stay with that particular whale uh, even at risk of their own lives it's quite quite remarkable so that's that's one of the reasons and that's Uh, our knowledge of that fact has come from strandings in New Zealand where over the years in dealing with mass strandings in New Zealand they discovered that there were ill whales in in many of those strandings and if they could identify the ill whale and euthanize it they would then be able to get the other whales to go back out to sea. Mm. If, If they couldn't identify the ill whale the whales they tried to return to the sea would often just turn around and come back. Now the second reason is possible complications with their with their navigation. Now, pilot uh, longfin pilot whales are, are toothed whales, and they operate with uh, literally a short range echolocation, which is principally used for uh, communication amongst themselves, and they also use it uh, in their. Their fishing activities for their food, they mm. use the they use the echolocation to stun fish and grab them. Ah. Um, but over and above that, there is another feature of their navigation system, and that is that uh, there is a theory that they do uh, are able to sense magnetic fields, mm. and if there's any disruption to the magnetic fields. there is evidence that their their navigational activities can be disrupted
0: and and that could
2: lead them into shallow water.
0: What might be disrupting the magnetic fields? Do you have any ideas about that?
2: Well, I do, actually, because there was an incredible study in the United Kingdom by a woman called Margaret Kalinaska. She um, was interested in that issue of why strandings occur because there were records of strandings in the UK Stretching back a hundred years, because the coastal waters were part of the uh, the realm of the monarchy. Um, when strandings occurred, meticulous record records were kept, <laughs> and she collected those records for over a hundred year of when and where um, group uh, strandings or even individuals as well as group and mass strandings occurred. The other thing she did was to uh, gather a uh, hundred years of evidence of sunspot activity and sunspot activity can directly influence magnetic fields on the earth, and she reported a very clear correlation between the occurrence of strandings and 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 the, the related occurrence of uh, sunspot activity affecting the magnetic grids Wow. Mm, so very interesting. So, nevertheless, that doesn't uh, take away from the tragedy of oh. the event that's occurring in Tasmania. And, and, you know, you must congratulate Tasmanian Parks and Wildlife and, and all of the people involved in the rescuing. I think now they've rescued over 90 of the 400-odd whales or four to 500 whales that have been found stranded. But,
0: yes, absolutely you know, heroic efforts, really
2: yeah absolutely heroic, and um, you know a very, very difficult task yeah. and now they 're faced with the problem of um, of um, removing the carcasses of
0: course oh, enormous and, and ugly job, I imagine. In very difficult circumstances. No, it does. It fills me with, uh, as I said earlier in the show, it fills me with great uh, pride and and excitement and hope for us all that, to see that human beings can respond so positively to uh, uh, these distressed uh, uh, creatures in need.
2: It's a, it's a common feature uh, these days with, with cetacean strandings. Uh, I, I remember, for example, there was a stranding of a humpback on the Sunshine Coast This was quite some years ago, and it was was recorded by a filmmaker, and thousands of people came out to get involved in Mm -hmm. helping get that whale back into the water, and they eventually did successfully get that whale back into the water. We've had direct experience of uh, aiding a stranded whale during our research expeditions in Harvey Bay and uh, during our studies of the humpbacks. But in this case, what we came across was a stranded minky whale at the quite remote north um, eastern end of Harvey Bay. Oh, yeah. uh, the whale was on the beach. We put um, our crew members went ashore in, in our little boats and um, began uh, looking after the whale. And the, what you have to do when a whale is stranded, you have to keep it uh, wet. So they had um, cloths and various kinds of to keep it wet and the other thing was uh, when the tide started to return you have to uh, surround the whale with people and hold it steady because one of the things that occurs when they uh, come out of the water in a stranding is that whales lose their sense of balance and if the water were to come in too quickly they just roll over and drown mm. and um, our crew held that minky whale in their arms for quite a long period of time. uh, And and they gradually felt it, uh, beginning to realize it was getting its balance back. And as soon as it had its balance back, it just swam uh, away from them off to sea and we
0: never saw it again. Wow. What, what a fantastic story. Look, that is that is that is absolutely heartwarming. Thank you for sharing that with us, Wally. Wally, it's beautiful. Brought a tear to my eye, to be honest. But um, I must say, before I let you go, because we, we must wrap it up, uh, just quickly in the last minute, I must touch on the idea uh, of seismic testing and toxics. I've heard these things amongst the general community. There are some people who are very emphatic that uh, whale strandings are caused by that. Do you think that is a factor in this southern Tasmanian, or or are you suggesting that there are just more natural factors at play here? Uh,
2: There's a possibility of that. There's clear evidence that uh, seismic testing and various types of acoustic weapons are impacting whales and dolphins. Uh, For example, in the Caribbean, uh, the rare big whales were were being found either stranded or dead at the surface, and it was discovered that their eardrums were ruptured, which is what caused their death. It turned out that that was the impact of low-frequency active sonar. Mm. It's also very clear that the uh, existence of... um, Undersea exploration for um, oil and gas and um, and coastal construction is is creating an acoustic um, uh, noise level that does impact. There's a very interesting scientist in America called uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Chris. God, his name's just gone out of my memory. No, but he he's a a blue whale, man interested in blue whales. And in the 60s, he got access to um, the American underwater submarine listening posts across the Atlantic. And on one occasion, he picked up uh, two blue whales. One was down uh, off uh, the the Central America, the islands of Central America. And the other one was up off the... um, East Coast uh, of Europe, and they were calling. And what he what he found was they were they were actually responding to each other. One would call, and the other would respond. Mm-hmm. And then gradually they began moving uh, towards each other across the breadth of the Atlantic, and eventually he uh, he observed them acoustically meeting in the middle for what reason, we don't know, but we can suspect what might have been going on. A new <laughs> blue whale was being made.
0: It was a Tinder uh, yeah,
2: course of that, that was a presentation that Trish and I attended um, in New Zealand some years back. And during that, he did show the evidence that the soundscape of the blue whales uh, used to be across the whole Atlantic, that because mm-hmm. of man-made noises was reduced to some several hundred miles in the centre right. of the Atlantic. So, yes, whoever those people are who think that underwater ocean noise has an impact, they're quite correct. Right. Uh, but I'm not sure that, that that's the case in this mass stranding in Tasmania. I, I'm inclined to the view that possibly there are very natural reasons as to why right.
0: Well, thank you for clearing that up for us, Wally, and thank you for your time today. We really need to, uh, to move on, but that's, uh, that's fantastic for, uh, to get your perspective on, on that big story.
2: Thank you, Sean. Pre- appreciated uh, talking with you and your audience.
0: No, we'll, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Wally. Bye. That was Dr. Wally Franklin uh, from the Southern Cross University Marine Ecology Research Centre uh, talking to us today about uh, the circumstances, uh, his understanding of the uh, southwest Tasmanian whale stranding, uh, which has been a, a big story in the news where 380 uh, whales uh, were in fact died, but uh, in, uh, hundreds have been saved it appears so at least uh, at least 100 have been saved in that uh, mass stranding so uh, a a terrific uh, effort there from those courageous rescuers. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental as Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.